Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. No sleep till the playoffs. ESPN Cleveland's extended local pregame coverage rolls on. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, baby, let's do it live on the Football Friday, the playoffs tomorrow. Browns and Texans down in Houston, merely Bo and the great Z. We are loaded up as only we would be, my friend. We are just one sleep away. I know. I can't wait. I'm on the way as we speak right now to the team plane to head down to Houston. Uh, certainly, I think you know the thing that we were most concerned about yesterday was Denzel Ward. I think with the fact that he tweeted out that little video of him running on the field doing his signature <laughs> signature pose there. I feel pretty good about that. So I think that is very, very good news for the Cleveland Browns and obviously for this big game against the Houston Texans. That's one of those things where it, it hit us kind of like a ton of bricks yesterday at the top of the show when all of a sudden he pops up yep. on an injury report and uh, not sure what to make of it. And coaches saying we'll find out Saturday. And, and then you're just kind of sitting and waiting. You We found that report from Rappaport towards the end of the show yesterday where he said, look, I think everything's going to be okay. But um, certainly when you see that video this this after early this after about an hour ago uh when that thing popped you say okay well now now we feel like we're in a pretty good spot and and now in terms yeah. of as healthy as you can be the browns would certainly apply for that here yeah they are the one kind of loss that you're had dealing with obviously dustin hopkins we knew that he would be out riley patterson will kick but pierre strong is not going to be able to go it feels like with his back injury the team elevated john kelly the running back and so pierre strong we we both love him as a running yeah. back, but I, he probably wasn't going to touch the football a ton in this game. He is our kick returner, and he's been very good on special teams coverage. And so that's a little bit of a blow. And you remember last time in Houston, special teams were not elite. Certainly not. I know Bubba Ventone will have them ready, but that's where I think the impact of Pierre Strong will be felt the most is on special teams. Yeah, for, that's true. I, you think about that. What do you think would be there then at kick return? Uh, maybe they'll go with James Prochet, who's handled the punt return duties, and he's handled you know some of the kick return duties. I think last week, even when they took Pierre out, I think he was the one that was doing it. So uh, for the Browns, yeah, that. And then on the flip side, you know, your coverage team, the good news is they didn't elevate a corner. So they obviously feel good yes. about Denzel, and they feel good about Mike Ford. And Mike Ford Jr. has been a special team's ace all year long. So you'll have him, you'll have Matthew Adams, you'll have, you know, Kunashik, you'll have your core guys. But uh, no Pierre Strong, that's, uh, again, not a major thing, but it is a thing. But to your point, in terms of the significant players that are left not on injured reserve on this roster, <laughs> you're looking as good as you can. Thornhill will be good to go for the Browns as well. Ronnie Hickman's been playing so well, and I think you'll see those two on the field together down in Houston. 
Yeah, that's that is big news with Thornhill getting back, and and yeah, the news with Denzel certainly the headline of the day. Um, I I was thinking about this playoff game tomorrow afternoon, and you know this is first time in the playoffs with a with a full stand in a very very long time. Obviously, there are a couple of years ago in the COVID season, but you were one of the few people in attendance uh, of those yep. games. This is one where you're going to have a full stands. It's a sellout down there in Houston. I, I've heard reports this morning that the airport at Hopkins was slammed with Browns fans making their way down to Houston. That is not surprising in any way, shape, or form. There will be an atmosphere to this. There will be an intensity to this. I kind of likened it a little bit too. This has been such this season. This this last month and a half of this season has been such a joy ride. And I, I think the one thing that we're all kind of feeling is we just don't want it to end. And the good news is we no. control that fate. Absolutely, go take care of your business down there. I love that Browns fans are going to be traveling. I've even had people like hit me up online for cameos and whatnot. They're just so fired up about going to this game and and be in there and want to get fired up. So uh, it's exciting. And I think it is hilarious. You know, you can fly to a lot of places out of Hopkins. The game is only in Houston. So, like, how many people could there be? There's always a flight to Houston every day. I think it's hilarious. Maybe they're they're connecting. You know, some are going through Atlanta. Some are going through Chicago. Some are going through Dallas. That's it. Some are going straight to Houston. They're going everywhere. I love it. I love it. I love these fans. And, And, by the way, I know that you saw it earlier today, but the video that was released, yeah. with Jim Donovan narrating it. Those are his words, folks. He, he was kind of given a, a rough outline, and those are the words he chose to talk about not only this Browns team, talk about himself, his journey, his battle, the resiliency on all fronts. Uh, great job to Lily and our content production team for the edit of that. It is incredible, and it is one, I said, watch it where you're able to get a little bit loud and also watch it where you're not afraid to have people see you cry because it is a powerful, powerful video. Yeah, it's a word I'd use to describe it too. is is powerful. I'm, a, I'm incredibly emotional. I was a puddle um, with it, and oh, yeah. and and you. It, that's what this whole season has been like. This has been storybook, and you head yep. into a a postseason game, and, and in the second hour of the program, you're going to go one on one with Amari Cooper, and we have uh, the obviously the keys to victory, and and all of those things coming up in hour two. By the way, Chris Sims will join us here in about 15 minutes, and we have uh, the General John McClain joining us as well. But just from the perspective of of the situation here, uh, we are talking about a rookie quarterback. Quarterback in his first start, yes, albeit it is is in his home stadium, but we think there will be a heavy Browns contingent. And this is a defense um, that that has been poised for this moment. And everything that they do well, our defense should have an antidote for. And then on top of that, you have playoff Joe, who's been incredible in his career in the postseason. Um, there is a reason I think there is all the excitement around this, and and this looks to be a very fun and favorable matchup. Got to handle it. Uh, certainly, that's you have to do that. Nothing is given at this time of year, but um, I think there's a lot of excitement that comes with the way that this one lines out. There's no doubt about it. I'll focus first on, on our quarterback, Joe Flacco. And I know that a lot of people I was talking with earlier who grew up here, they remember the song Bernie, Bernie. And now mm-hmm. we got Joe, Joe, Joe Flacco. I mean, whoever put that together, brilliant. Good job. Incredible. I've retweeted it, so I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm driving, so I'm not looking at my Twitter to get the handle right, the person who did it. But we got a Joe Flacco song. Flacco's won five wild card games. That's tied for the most in NFL history. Flacco's won seven road playoff games, tied for the most in NFL history. And then some things that are on our side, right? Rookie quarterback against the number one defense or the number one pass defense in a particular season. Rookie quarterbacks are 0-4 in the playoffs under those situations. Rookie quarterback against a former Super Bowl-winning quarterback, rookies are 0-5 in those situations. And so you have a little bit of history on the side of the Cleveland Browns, not to mention the fact that you're exactly right. All you got to do 
if you're, you know, wanting to kill some time, you, you know, it feels like a long, long wait to get there. What do we got? 27 and a half hours or 27, yeah. 26 hours and 40 minutes away. If you watch that game, you will see a Jets team that played a lot of man-to-man coverage, a Jets team that was able yeah. to generate some pressure up front, and they absolutely shut this Texans team down and really befuddled C.J. Stroud. So that's the, that's the formula. C.J. Stroud, best quarterback in the league against zone. He is the sixth worst quarterback in the league against man coverage this year, and his numbers drop precipitously when you go from a clean pocket to a pressure pocket, and the Browns generate pressure as well as any team in the NFL. The last game down there just a couple of weeks ago was such an odd game in terms of it felt like you got anything you wanted in the past game. Um, the rushing stats, we've talked about them this week, were not great in that game. It's going to obviously have to be better. Yep. Put yourself in, in – and no one knows his offense the way you do, the way you study it. What do you think Kevin Stefanski's approach will be to start the game tomorrow? I think you want to get your quarterback comfortable because I think at the end of the day, Joe Flacco is the guy that is going to – you know the offensive burden will fall predominantly upon. Now, last week – the Colts rushed for over 200 yards against Houston. You take that game out, nobody's rushed for even 100 yards since week four against them in terms of running back. So they are a tough team to run against. I think that you want to run. You will be physical. You will do that. But this game to me is going to be about getting Joe Flacco into a rhythm early. And so I think it starts with some easy throws, kind of working against their zones. You know they're going to play a lot of zones. Yeah. Go a little stick route early on. Just get them that five yards get them in a rhythm, and get this offense going. Keep in mind, folks, Houston is not a great pass defense, but what Joe Flacco did, 368 yards, three touchdowns, that's the most yards anybody threw for against the Texans this season. Those are the most passing touchdowns anybody threw against the Texans for this season. So it was a little bit of an anomaly, but I like the way Joe's playing. I mean, heck, the Jets hadn't allowed a 300-yard passer in 33 straight games, and he almost had it at the half. He had 296, so right. you can't put anything past Joe, 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 Joe Flacco and he's going to hopefully go down there and sling the ball. But I think that'll be real important. Get him in a nice rhythm, whether it's a little stick route against zone, maybe it's a play-action boot where he has that, you know, the short little pass, you get a levels concept on the right side, he reads the top down, and if nothing's there down the field, you take that just little easy five-yarder and just get him in a rhythm. Get him, get him feeling good because he is so important to this game, the outcome of this game, and, and really he's the one guy that knows what it's like. Now it's been almost, you know, 3,290 days since he last played in a playoff game. Yeah second longest streak in history but he knows it he will be comfortable and I think getting him comfortable quick will calm everybody else on the roster down as well because we do have some guys who are making their playoff debut and and you know they're going to be pumped up about it oh for sure I mean the energy is going to be absolutely electric in this thing and and the other thing we we talked about the Tillman injury this week and it does feel like this could be we could lean on some tight ends because they are not going to give up they're not giving up 260 to Amari again they will respond to that Um, this this could be a tight end game as well couldn't it Absolutely. Uh, you know, Chiefs averaging 93 yards and a touchdown per game in his last four with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I think it's going to be an Elijah Moore game as well. I think Elijah Moore is a guy that you're going to need because of all the attention, rightfully so, that will be paid to Amari Cooper in this one. So I think that's a part of it. And then, you know, without Cedric Tillman in the run game, maybe it calls for more Harrison Bryant. Maybe it calls for more Jordan Akins as well. And I certainly could see, you know, Jordan Akins in his return to Houston playing a little bit bigger role than he has played this season thus far. 
We know this. Kevin Stefanski will have a couple of uh, aces up his sleeve. He always does when it comes to these type of games, and he will be prepared. Be before I get you out of here, I know you got a plane to catch. Uh, the NFL All-Pro teams were released. Uh, Miles Garrett named a first-team All-Pro, All-NFL for the third time in his career, the fifth All-Pro team. And when you start to stack those, I mean, you're, obviously Miles is on his way to a gold jacket career. Um, thoughts on Miles, and then were you surprised that there was not another Brown on either any of the first or second teams? Miles is I, – I really think that the momentum is there. I think he will be the defensive player of the too. year. I think he has been recognized for his dominance and excellence kind of around the league, and, and I think that you're going to see him finally get that award that's eluded him. You know, you talk to offensive coordinators around the league. You talk to people that had to deal with Miles Garrett, prepare for Miles Garrett. He is singularly the most disruptive defensive lineman in the game and defensive player really in the game today. As to the second question – about nobody on the second team, I mean, I, I find it to be absolutely stunning, yeah. really. I, I find it to be completely a, a shock. Joel Batonio not making it onto that second team was a, was a stunner for me. Uh, I think, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Denzel Ward, Dustin Hopkins not being first or, or second team All-Pro is completely ludicrous. Yeah. I know Aubrey has a great year, almost was perfect until the very last week, but I mean, what the, I don't know any kicker that meant more to his team's season and or success, however you want to spin it, than Dustin Hopkins. And I think it's I, – I almost feel like him, you know, getting hurt at the end of the year cost him being that first or second team all pro. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that people forgot, you know, because he wasn't there yeah. the last couple of weeks. And I out think of people sight, out of mind. It's, yep. it's an absolute shame. Uh, have a safe flight down there, my man. Get a good meal. I know that you will tonight. Probably masseuses the whole way down on the plane. I'm sure you and Gibby get a little shoulder rub on the way down there. Take care of yourself. Put your feet up. Relax a little bit and bring home a win, buddy. I think we're going to be I think we're going to be smushed in right next to each other. And that will be the that will be the best comfort we can get. You next. That's all you need. You and Gibby smushed in oh, next yeah. to each other. Me and Gibby. Exactly. It's gonna be beautiful. All right, brother. Safe travels. Have all a great right. call tomorrow. I know that you Thanks, will. Brother. And uh, and we'll reconvene. Uh, Z is going to be here throughout the day that during his travels as, as we continue on. But got to hit up on the team plane heading south to Houston uh, to reset kind of where we are in the day. Uh, the big news of the NFL of the day. Uh, Miles Garrett among those on the NFL all pro teams. He is a first team all pro for the third time in his career. The fifth time in terms of total all pros, a total of five. So that's well on your way to gold jacket. I agree with Z. Shocking on Joel Batonio not being an all pro. Um, I was hopeful that Jeremiah Wusakoromo would be a second team all pro and maybe Denzel Ward as well. Neither of those things happened. Um, and as Z uh, lamented, no Dustin Hopkins on an all pro is, is pretty wild as well. Uh, but that's where you stand from an injury standpoint. It's certainly nothing official, but certainly pointing towards Denzel Ward playing. He put out a, a video on social media around noon today uh, that showed him running out onto the field. And so when you see that, I think it's very clear that his intent is to play and to be at full speed tomorrow for the game. The one other bit of news, we mentioned Pierre Strong. Uh, looks like he probably won't go, won't be ready. So John Kelly elevated from the practice squad. So he will be uh, the running back there. And the most immediate impact there would be obviously be in the return game where uh, Strong was your kick returner. And so we'll see what happens. Nate, uh, Nathan talked about Prochet perhaps being the guy if, if called upon on those duties. Those are your hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. 
This is exciting as well. Uh, excited to speak for my friends at Jim Beam. What do sports and Jim Beam have in common? Both are better when enjoyed with others. So grab a bottle, gather your friends, and enjoy the game. Because with Jim Beam, you come as fans and leave as family. Excited to start this relationship uh, with the James B. Beam Distillery. Uh, it is it is Jim Beam, of course. It is Basil. It is Baker's. It is Knob Creek. So many other good ones. Little book. Uh, look forward to educating you on Honestly, a bourbon for every single situation as that relationship continues. Coming up next, a relationship that's, quite frankly, hot and cold. Chris Sims has given Gibby the cold shoulder many times, but he is gracious enough to join us on a very big Football Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. We are off and running here. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. No sleep till the playoffs rolls on. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. For perspective on the Super Wild Card weekend, we head now on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. NBC Sports football analyst Chris Sims joining us. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time. I guess before we get into the game, your view on what has been accomplished here in Cleveland this season with with five different quarterbacks starting, but this incredible run they've had with Joe Flacco uh, from afar. What have, what have you witnessed and, and how have they been able to pull this off? Well, yeah, it's been amazing. It really has. I mean, of course, you know, we know it's a quarterback league, right? It's, you know, it's, it's a pass happy league and, you know, for a team to uh, have all these rotating quarterbacks and still find success. I think it talks a lot about it, the organization, why Kevin Stefanski's up for coach of the year, right? His X's and O's, his management of people, uh, all of that, you know, the player evaluation there in Cleveland, all really impressive. Of course, what Jim Schwartz has done on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I don't expect that you listen to me a whole lot, but when I, you know, I do my Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast three days a week, you know, and all my pro football talk shows with Florio, uh, I, you know, I've been amazed and waxing poetically about Cleveland for about the last six or seven weeks. I'm pretty confident that I was one of the first people to come out and go, Cleveland has a Super Bowl defense. Cleveland is the team to watch out for in the AFC that could upset the Baltimore Ravens and, and make a run at this thing. Uh, and uh, I, I love watching the defense play. I'm kind of a sucker, even though I'm a quarterback. You know, I yeah. grew up with the 85 Bears, 86 Giants. I'm a sucker for aggressive, 
butt-kicking defenses, and that's what Cleveland has. They remind me a lot of the 2015 Broncos. That's the comparison I've been making throughout. Yeah, there's an attitude that Jim Schwartz brought, isn't there, Chris? You could see it um, in Miles, yeah. I think, most. But, I mean, everybody. There's a there's a bluster. There's a, a chest out oh. that, that maybe they didn't have before. No doubt about it. I, you know, I laugh. I watch in the viewing room every week at NBC, and I, I literally yell out, look at Cleveland. It's 10 guys at the line of scrimmage. It's literally like in your face. Forget about we're not going to let you have a four-yard gain. They're literally like we're not going to let you get back to the line of scrimmage every play, which then we know can lead to some big plays at time. But, yes, the aggressive nature, the creativeness of the defense – uh, and then, you know, the, the, he's, he has a variety of defensive calls. And then, of course, the talent on the field, to me especially. You said it. Miles is one of the best defensive players in football. For me, it's him and Micah Parsons, right? I think yep. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is an all-pro caliber linebacker. And the three corners you got on that, that side of the ball there, there's no team in football that has the three corners that the Cleveland Browns have on the island shut down man-to-man corners that's really what makes them special and allows Schwartz to do so many crazy things on defense. And as good as that defense has been, we would not be having this conversation, I believe, right now and certainly would not be having the expectations that you potentially have put on this Browns team in the postseason without the play of Joe Flacco. Did you see this coming at all, Chris? No, no, I did not. Not like this. I did not. Now, Joe Flacco is somebody that I've stood on a table for throughout his career and go, he's so much better than people ever give him credit for, especially in his prime. Now, I understand at the end of the Baltimore Ravens run, it wasn't the best. And, of course, they moved on and drafted Lamar Jackson. But, you know, I was still playing. I was on the 2008 Titans, the number one team in football that year. And we were the number one seed. And Joe Flacco, as a rookie, came into town and upset us, right? I mean, I've mm -hmm. seen Flacco in person a lot in his prime. You talk about clutch, big game moments, hanging in the pocket, elite arm, you know, way better athlete than people realize in his prime. Uh, so, yeah, it's been fun for him. Hey, he's a Jersey guy like me, so I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the irony of the situation adds to it, too. I mean, you know, Ravens, Browns, that whole connection, truly incredible. And, yeah, I mean, if it weren't for him, I know that. that, that yes, the Browns would not be where they are because you guys couldn't run the ball there for a little period of time. Mm -hmm. The injuries and tackles have become an issue. And that's where Joe Flacco came in to save the day to go, hey, wait, I can be good enough throwing the ball here to keep us alive, keep moving the ball, and win some football games, and he's done great. But I'm not going to say I don't have some concerns about the Browns as well, sure. and uh, we can get into that as more as the conversation goes here. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, the, other, the one thing with Flacco that apparent to me, really, this is – it feels like him and Kevin see the game the same way, Chris, if, if that makes sense from a right. quarterback perspective, more than a lot of the other yeah. quarterbacks we've had through here. Yes, I, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think Cleveland in their perfect world, they want to run the ball. They want to take deep shots down the field, play action, whatever, be aggressive that way. And then you're one of the best screen teams in football. It's an incredible combination. It really is. And then Flacco, you know, like I talked about, it, it's one of the great arms. And the, you know, there's, there's a reason every team he goes to, everybody talks about, oh, my gosh, Joe Flacco throwing the ball. Oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. right? Your guys waxed poetically about it when he first got there. Yeah. TV doesn't do jo Joe Flacco justice for how hard he throws the ball because he does it with such ease. He's such a big guy. There's not a lot of theatrics when he does throw a laser. It's a perfect spiral, right? But where I worry about, and, and Stefanski and Flacco, yeah, they're great at throwing the ball down the field, outside the numbers. I think that's going to be a key to beat the Texans again this week. Um, but – where I worry about it, 
okay? And where and this, I talk about Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year, and all the things I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like his game management. I, I yeah. don't like that. To me, that's some of the poorer game management in football, and that's where I worry about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco became a meme on the Internet for a while because he holds the ball forever in the pocket. He gets strip sack fumbled. He throws interceptions and doesn't always see the ball clearly. And I've been talking on Football Night in America for really about the last month that they got to rein it in a little bit and play through the defense. Super Bowl teams that played through the defense, 2013 Seahawks, 2015 Broncos, 2000 Ravens, 86 Giants, 85 Bears. They don't go for it on fourth and seven. They don't do that at midfield. They don't go, hey, it's 13-7 against the Jets, and we just forced a fumble on a kick return, and now we're going to go for it on fourth and seven on the goal line. They kick the field goal. You go up 16-7. to You continue to physically dominate the game, and then you look up and go, hey, we're up 37-7 to now, and we yeah. just did it the right way. To me, that's how Cleveland's going to get upset is stupid game management, and they're going to go, man, we outplayed this team, and Cleveland fans are going to go, how do we lose? I'm going to go, because it's just too aggressive at times, and it's crazy. And that, to me, is not going to be the best way for Cleveland to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to buttress your point, Chris, uh, we've only won the turnover battle three times this season. So you, you, we yeah. talk about the turnover issue and, and some of that. There's a clutch thing that, that we've had, but in terms of – it almost goes against the record to be 11-6 and six and only win the turnover battle three times. Um, it, it, goes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, quite honestly. In no, terms of how this, talented you guys are. That's, that's, yeah. that's how talented you are and how talented your defense is to where, hey, like the Bears game. I mean, Flacco's throwing interceptions, it's turnovers. The Bears get the ball at the five. They can't get any points. They kick a field goal. The defense gets a touchdown, right? You're capable of that. But that's where I go, we don't have to throw the jump ball into triple coverage 40 yards down the field. We don't always have to go for the jugular if you're Kevin Stefanski. And to me, that is the biggest issue that I worry about with Cleveland as we go forward here. Yeah, there's a hard ceiling on that style of play, and it, it might get through this weekend, but it'd be hard to imagine it the next weekend. Uh, speaking of this matchup with, with the Texans, C.J. Stroud's been an absolute revelation this year, but there is no question he is better against zone than man, and we're going to play predominantly man in the game tomorrow. Um, and pressure, right. and any quarterback struggles with pressure, but our pressure ought to be able to be at his feet a lot. He wasn't there in the last game, Chris. What does, what does him being there change, and how much of what we do well are, are also matches up what they do well offensively, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it, it's a tough matchup for them Bo it really is right I mean to me it's going to be like their defense is going to have to make a few plays you know some of those jump balls that were up for grabs in the first matchup if the Texans come up with it maybe the game's differently that way right Stroud of course is already one of the greatest throwers in in football right now I mean it's incredible The, the strength the accuracy the ability to throw off his back foot whatever he wants to do he can do that's where it's more dangerous. Like you said, it's more of a it's – it's, it's man-to-man. But, mm-hmm. oh, oh, Newsom or Denzel slip at the line of scrimmage, right? And, oh, no, now Nico Collins is behind him. He puts it on the money, and it's a 50-yard touchdown. It'll take some of those type of plays, in my opinion, for the Texans to pull off the upset. The Texans, right, it's not a lot of speed at wide receiver, especially since they lost Tank Dell. Right. Their offensive line not playing real good right now. Last week they ran the ball more than they should have and ran a lot of three-step drop and keeping the tight end in and keeping two tight ends in because they couldn't protect against the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. So they played a conservative nature. That doesn't bode well against a team that is the, the best defense in football by far and just puts pressure on you you know, at, at every angle and moment of the football game. So 
you know, he's dangerous, certainly. They're going to be more aggressive, I think, and more dangerous throwing the ball down the field. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to take that Texans defense to make a few plays and Stroud probably to make a few miraculous plays to go along with that for them to beat the, the Cleveland Browns. From the Browns' perspective, and it, it feels like you're leaning Browns as, as the way that you would pick this yeah. one. From, from, the, from the Browns' right. perspective, if you could script it, how does this go tomorrow afternoon? That you just, like, run the ball and give them a, a slow death if I were the Browns. Don't try to, you know, like I said, blow them out in the first mm-hmm. quarter and show them who's the boss by throwing – you know, risky balls up into the air or taking too many chances. I think they're clearly the better football team on the field. To me, it's like, don't give them the chance to get lucky and pull off this upset. You know, the slow and constant pressure. And again, if we can just see, which I think we're going to see, you know, it looked like in that Jets game that the tackles are finally comfortable in the offense and they got them schooled up and they run blocking was a lot better against the New York Jets. That's what I'm hoping for Cleveland, too, here throughout the playoff stretch. That they can lean on the run game a little bit more because I think Joe Flacco throwing 45 times a game, again, is not the recipe for Cleveland to get to the Super Bowl. And I would say to that, to lean on the conservatism uh, or conservative side of the offensive side of the ball there and let your defense continue to set you up for winnable situations off that. And I think that'll be all good for Cleveland. He's one of the smartest analysts you'll ever find. You can listen to him on the podcast with Flory on Pro Football Talk, on his own podcast as well, and, of course, on NBC. Chris, before I let you go real quick, this is an incredible Super Wild Card weekend. It, of, of all, and there's a bunch of great ones, which is the one you're most looking forward to? Oh, well, I, I, you know, I mean, the, the elements of the Dolphins-Chiefs game, right, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, uh, so th- that's, a, that's a good one. I, you know, but I think all in all, the Rams and the Lions and the Stafford and the golf situation, right? The Rams yeah. exceeding expectations and what they're doing. You know, the Lions answered the bell on all those expectations. First home playoff game, and here they got the guy that, you know, basically carried their organization for 10 years straight. Now he's coming into town, who's, and he's won a Super Bowl with them. I think that's probably the game I'm most excited to see this weekend. Borderline cruel for Lions fans, right? Jeez, got to deal with it. I mean, <laughs> right, seriously, important. they're not going to know what to do. Stafford's no, going to throw awesome throws, and they're going to want to cheer and go great throw, but they're going to be like, oh, no, not against our team. Do this against somebody else. That's exactly right. Chris, I can't thank you enough for your time and for uh, giving us a little bit of it today. I'll keep Gibby away from you at the Combine, my friend. All right, Bo, be good, buddy. All right, that's Chris Sims of uh, NBC, one of the brightest uh, minds in all of the game with the breakdown. Feeling very good about this Browns attack and what it ought to be able to do down in Houston tomorrow when they take on the Texans to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend. He joined us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Coming up next, we go behind enemy lines for the Texans side of things. The General, John McClain, will join us. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. No sleep till the playoffs rolls on. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Tito's Handmade Vodka on game day. Pour me in, coach. Find cocktail recipes for every fan at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. And now we go behind enemy lines on the Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea Hotline official 
uh, sponsor of your Cleveland Browns, Keep It Twisted Cleveland. He is a great friend of the program, senior sports columnist at Sports Radio 610.com in Houston, one of the true legends covering the game, John McClain, joining us. John, thank you so much for taking the time. I guess we spent so much time here, obviously, talking about how improbable this Browns run has been with five different quarterbacks. But I think if you went before the start of the season, the same would have been said of this Texans run. At, at what point did you think that maybe there was something special here that could lead to them being AFC South division champions? I never thought they'd be AFC South division champions. I thought they would lose to Indianapolis, be a wild card, go on the road, and to it would have been now to Buffalo and lose. And uh, when they beat the Colts, and the Colts said they were in the best physical condition they'd been in since early in the season and the Texans are like the Browns they've had all kind of injuries especially in their offensive line where they've used three left tackles four left guards four centers one right guard and four right tackles and uh they are in that Indianapolis game they did nine different starters on offense than they had second game of the year that the Browns won 31 20 so I was still surprised they won they won because C.J. Stroud was terrific, and because a running back who had caught six passes all season, Tyler Goodson couldn't catch. They dropped a pass that could have been better by Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. and they blew it, and it gave Texans the division champion. I started seeing that Stroud was um, started to think he's worth the second pick after they started 0-2, and he, they went to Jacksonville, won by 20, and then they beat Pittsburgh by 24, the most the Houston team beating the Steelers by since 1991 with the Oilers. So they were 2-2, two and two, but then they lose at Atlanta on a field goal with no time left, at Carolina on a field goal with no time left. So I think, okay, they're, they're on a roller coaster, and they'll, my, I might be right when I picked them to go 6-11. and 11. But uh, they just surpassed everybody's expectations. Nobody thought they'd be capable of doing what they're doing. You know, as people picked the Browns to win the division because they thought Watson would bounce back. But everybody had the Texans. Second worst team in the league, Arizona. Arizona was get the first two picks, and they were going to take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And, uh, and, and, uh, Boy, those predictions sure didn't come out, and I'm guessing the voting was for the uh, awards this week. And they'll come yeah. out on the NFL Honors Show. I think Stefanski will narrowly beat uh, D'Amico Ryan's for Coach of the Year. Yeah, that, that, that's these these two stories have been incredible, and I, it's important for our audience to hear everything that Houston has been through. And you know, around here, and, and certainly I'm very familiar with CJ from his time in Columbus, and I, I just thought he was like one of the coolest customers like he was just just very very level all the time and nothing seemed to bug him and you've I didn't know if it would transition this quickly to the NFL but it has and this has been John really one of the great seasons a rookie quarterbacks ever had it is and when Ian Will Anderson had their initial news conference with us the day after the draft when they finished talking uh media we kind of looked at each other like wow that's refreshing mm-hmm. and uh and then uh, the local chapter of the Pro Football Writers of America, our good guy award, went to Stroud, and he's a rookie. You never see that. And I was surprised when the voting was tabulated because he only talks twice a week, Wednesdays after the game, but he's always charming, pleasant, 
not in a hurry, very insightful, speaks from the heart, and we love talking to the kid. But Cool's a great way to describe him. I tell people he reminds me of Warren Moon. Mm-hmm. Warren was a 28-year-old rookie in, in 1984, and he threw a perfect pass, and Stroud throws a beautiful ball just like Moon, and his personality is just like Moon, very, very cool. Us old guys say, and the young people go, uh, very chill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. I've heard. That's what I hear too, John. I uh, <laughs> my kids talk like that. I try to pick up what I can from it, my friend. You know, the the it, that is uh, the praise coming from you comparing him to Warren Moon. And I know you would not do that lightly. Um, um, I, I know that you choose words carefully. So for, to hear that is is incredible out of him. Um, this is a work in progress there, obviously, though, and they are ahead of schedule. Um, when you think about the struggles, and it's not much when it comes to struggles from C.J., but obviously, like with any young quarterback, it's with pressure and sometimes it's against man defense. Now, unfortunately, from the Houston side of that, those are two things that, he, that, that we're going to do a lot of tomorrow. So what will the game plan from the Houston perspective be to protect him tomorrow and try to give enough time for guys to get separation and make plays downfield well it starts on defense they got to play a whole lot better in coverage than they did in that first game and uh, right from the get-go when Flacco threw for 53 yards to Cooper and that kind of caught everybody off guard and they didn't let up till they were pulled and they went back in because Davis Mills had scored a couple touchdowns in garbage time and uh, so they can't let the Browns get a big lead early because then they have to abandon the run again. And in that first game, you know, the Texans totally shut down the Browns' run, 1.80 carry, but the Texans only ran 16 times. You can't win running 16 times. They need more balance. So Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, who's in his first year as coordinator and play caller, and a lot of teams are pursuing him, interviews with him for head coaching job. He's going to run it. They're not very good at running. They're 22nd. They When they've rushed for 100 yards, they're 6-1. They're 3-0 and when Devin Singletary rushes for 100 yards. And as you guys know, the only way you have you can beat the Browns is you've got to be able to run the ball. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is fall way behind because Flacco's going crazy again. And uh, so I think they'll try to have a lot of balance, do everything they can, to keep Flacco on the bench, they'll run into rounds. They've been doing that because they just can't get a lot of push against with the run with all the linemen they've been forced to play all season. Now, they're, this current group uh, is relatively healthy, uh, but still, they just haven't been very good. They haven't adju- made a good adjustment to the zone scheme, especially Damian Pierce, their starter. He's been relegated to a kickoff returner because he just hasn't picked it up. But uh, they will try to run. And if the game is close, they'll run a lot. And I think we'll see Stroud run. You guys watched him at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. I I thought it was ridiculous when people were talking about his lack of mobility because Mm -hmm. he didn't run much at Ohio State. And I I went through everything and saw he ran for 70-something yards against Northwestern. He ran 12 times against Georgia. So he, he he told us at the combine, why would I run when I got great receivers running yep. open? I'd never hear the end of it if I didn't get him the ball. And so here he ran three times for 20 yards against the Colts, and uh, two of them were for first down. So there's a lot of time he has an open field, but he'll throw the ball. And uh, I think in a game like this, it's 
you know, you've got to do everything. I think we might see him run three to five times. I agree with you, and he did that in the Georgia game. He was spectacular in the Georgia game last year in the college football semifinal, and, and I, I think I'm with you. I don't think the moment will be too big. It's uh, I, I do think they are obviously very focused Nico Collins, and 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 some of that is out of necessity. You mentioned the Tank Dell injury and some of the other things. Um, the Browns, my hunch, John, were, are going to do something like they did to Garrett Wilson, which is to put Ronnie Hickman kind of over top wherever – Nico Collins goes. If if that is the case, and and they are able to limit him, and the Texans are have success, who do you point to in their from their weaponry who they can maybe lean on a little bit if Collins is is handcuffed a little? They don't have to do anything they didn't do on Christmas when they li- they limited him to four catches, eighteen yards, yeah. and now in the last two games, let's say I've got the stats somewhere. He's had he's had eighty and then one ninety five. So the Browns did a better job than anybody this season of containing Nico Collins. And against the Colts, he didn't have his second, third, or fourth receivers. And John Macy's third, who overcame leukemia, he's so far been a better blocker than receiver. And a rookie, Xavier Hutchinson, has been a better runner on reverses than he has been as a receiver. So he utilized Dalton Schultz a lot. Dalton Schultz makes some big catches. Texans got a lot of guys on one-year contracts. And they got a chance to make money. So they are really playing hard, playing well, because they can hear the cash register <laughs> ringing. And uh, so Collins, has, they got to do whatever they can to get him open, you know, put him in the backfield, let him go in motion, uh, li- let him start off in the backfield, line him up on both sides, put him in the slot. That's the way they used to have to do Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, let's flip it to the other side, John. Talking to the great John McClain, uh, senior sports columnist, sportsradio610.com, uh, one of the authorities in the NFL and certainly the authority on Houston NFL football. Um, let's flip it to the other side. D'Amico Ryan's made his hey, He's defensive mastermind. That's the operation. And uh, Joe Flacco had his way in 265 for Mamari Cooper in that game. What adjustments do you think you will see from the Texans' defense? And obviously getting healthy is a big part of it. Your two defensive ends look like they're both back, right, John? Well, I'll believe it when I see it on Jonathan Grenard. Okay. He's been out with a sprained ankle. Will Anderson isn't close to being. He plays, but he's not close to being ready to play. But they still need him on the field. Now, Derek Barnett, in four starts, according to Pro Football Focus, is tied for the second highest grade on edge rusher uh, behind Miles Garrett. He is Here's another guy cut by the Eagles, former number one pick. Didn't do squat with the Eagles, and now he's tearing it up. He was really good against the Browns, one of the few defensive players they had who was. And uh, Barnett is 100%. Now, in that first game, they didn't sack Flacco. They knocked him down eight times, including three by Barnett. But if if Grenard and Anderson are good enough to be on the field, no matter how limited they are, it puts pressure on Garon Christian and James Hudson. And those guys did a great job in that first game. Plus, we got to see Flacco, remember, one time he's flushed out of the pocket and he's running left mm-hmm. and he's showing a lot of mobility and then he pulled up and threw the ball for another completion. So they've got to get more pressure on him. They've got to disrupt him. I don't know if they can. And they're, it's not their corners that are usually the problems. It's the safeties. Of their top four safeties they had early in the season, uh, three are gone on IR and one, Jalen Petrie, is playing with three guys they've sent off the street and they struggle with uh, – coverage especially down the field 
Yeah, the, um, the I want to ask you about D'Amico. You, you obviously covered him as a player, and um, the, it was a pretty quick search. It seemed like for him, um, was, was there were there traits he had as a player, John, that led you to believe that that this would be an end game for him? I'll tell you all a story. The uh, first game on Amazon was the preseason game last season, and it was the Texans here. And because Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico and so many of the guys on that staff were here with the Texans. Under Gary Kubiak, I went over before the game with Miko came off the field, and I'd done a column on him the year before when the Texans played out there. And I knew he wanted to be a head coach, and I knew he was going to be a head coach, but I never had any idea when it would be. Sure. So he had interviewed his first after his first year as a coordinator and then went back to Kyle Sandy and said, you know, I need another year. And and then that worked perfectly. So I went up to him, he came off the field, and we shook hands, and I said, let me be the first person to congratulate you on being a head coach. And he started laughing. He said, oh, don't go there. And I didn't have any idea to be here, of course. Yeah. And uh, so everybody, he, he always had, he had the tendencies of head coaches. He paid close attention to Gary Kubiak when he was here. Wade Phillips, when Wade was a defensive coordinator in his last year, and he and, but he never thought at the time I want to be a coach. He was out of football after a ten-year career back in Houston, where his wife grew up, and they were here. And he coached, went back home, coached a little with his high school team in Alabama. And then he came back here, and he's working out one day. And Robert Sala, who was here six years, called him, said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm trying to figure out what I." want to do i just coached a little in high school defense he said would you like to be part of our staff this was 2017 oh, he man. goes well you know uh, maybe so sala called uh got uh another coach that knew him they worked on him then kyle shanahan called him and the rest is history and once he got here i, I went out he his speeches his inspiration is like he was when he was their middle linebacker you know he's just cut out to be a coach and the players love him yeah, it's been one of the great stories, uh, both these teams, quite honestly. It's a shame one of them is going to have to lose. Uh, John, how do you see this one going tomorrow? I think the Browns 24-20. I think that when you have the number one day defense and you have a quarterback who is over the course of his career, if you look at it closely, Flacco's been better in the playoffs than regular season. Mm -hmm. He's certainly well-rested, and it's such a great story. And I think he's going to play well in the playoffs, just like he always has going back to his first season. They'd love for Stroud. In fact, I wrote a column on this this week about Stroud would love to have a rookie playoff like experience like Flacco, two victories, losing the AFC championship game at Pittsburgh. And Stroud was seven men. And when he won the Super Bowl, Stroud was 12. So uh, it could be kind of a changing of the guard, but I don't think – it's going to happen. I think the Browns between the defense and Flacco, they're going to win and advance, and it'll be a great story next week in Baltimore. You know Baltimore's <laughs> already talking about that game and oh, Flacco's yeah. homecoming. Oh, it'll be crazy. I'll get you at real quick before I, get, before I let you go, John. I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, what's the environment like down there? What's the excitement like for this one? Is it is it Texans fever? People people are pumped because the Astros have done so little in the offseason. They won't spend money. feels like a football town again. And there's always a lot of Browns fans here. I was surprised there weren't more Christmas Eve, but I guess they stayed home for Christmas. Plus, there's just a lot of Browns fans in this area who came in the 80s. And uh, so I think there'll be a lot of Browns fans, but the Houston fans there, 
They're you, you guys are wacko for Flacco, and they're proud for Stroud, and it'll be a great crowd and a lot of fun. And, and uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to be as bad as it was the first game yeah. when the Browns were up 36-7. to seven. No, it's, it's going to be a good one. We thank you so much for your time, sir, as always. Greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on, as always. That's the great John McClain. He's a senior sports columnist at SportsRadio610.com down in Houston, the Texans flagship channel down there. Just to reset a couple of the big things, Denzel Ward appears to be in according to his social media. Um, he tweeted out an image of him running out onto the field. That typically means uh, you can draw the conclusions that he would be in. Pierre Strong is going to be out. Jonathan Kelly elevated from the practice squad. So that will affect the return game for the Browns. Of course, Strong was your kick returner, so Prochet will probably, Nathan said that off the top of the show, probably be the kick return man there. Uh, looks like Juan Thornhill, Ronnie Hickman are going to be the pair at safety. And then the other big news of the day, the all-pro teams were released. Obviously, tremendous disappointment in Joel Batonio not making one of those teams, Jeremiah Wusukoromona not making one of those teams, uh, and obviously Dustin Hopkins not making one of those teams. Almost criminal on that side of things. But Miles Garrett was a first-team all-pro for the third time in his career and the fifth time as an all-pro first or second team. And if you listen to the show regularly, you know when you stack the all-pros, that is when you stack the ability to put on a gold jacket. Second hour of the program coming up next. Zigo's one-on-one with Amari Cooper. He joins us back coming up next with the keys to victory. You have your scores. So much to look forward to. Uh, keep it locked right here. 850 ESPN Cleveland. No sleep till the playoffs. ESPN Cleveland's extended local pregame coverage rolls on. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. And welcome back. Hour 2, Cleveland Browns Daily on a football Friday, preparing you for... Sunday, Saturday's game, rather, 4.30 kick between the Browns and Texans on Super Wild Card Weekend. Before we get to all of that, before we get to the scores and your keys and your over-unders, over the last 90 years, family-owned and operated Rumkey Waste Recycling has grown to become one of the largest waste and recycling companies in the United States. They are proud to be the recycler of choice for the city of Cleveland. Visit rumkey.com to get more. Uh, we, we had some injury stuff that we've been talking about in the first hour of the program. We did, I did see uh, yesterday that Houston is officially finally a sellout. They announced that on Tuesday that they would have a sellout for that game down there. I do anticipate that there will be a healthy amount of orange and brown in the game tomorrow down in Houston. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people in my orbit who are going to this game who have bought tickets or flying in from various parts of the country to go see the Cleveland Browns take on the Houston Texans. Browns fans travel very well. This is a playoff game that they can go to. Yeah, easy. And you weren't able to go in 2020. You were not That's able to go point. to Pittsburgh. So I think that, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of people. And, and obviously, hopefully it is the first of many because this is a very special team. And I think it's a special opportunity down there in Houston against the Texans to to get to that second round and get rolling. Let's go. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking a little bit yesterday. When we did the one thought through the NFL wildcard games and NFL Super Wildcard Weekend. It's really an incredible um, display of games all weekend long. There's fun matchups. We'll pick it here yep. in a little bit in the scores, but uh, for us to kick it off in style in a game that it's got a lot of a lot of storylines to this one that we've been talking about um, all weekend long, and and that's where we head now as we get into the keys to this game, uh, the keys to victory for your Cleveland Browns on Saturday tomorrow down in Houston. And for the details on that, we go to Doctor Z. Well, first and foremost, 
you've got to take care of the football. That's number one, right? Let's take care of the football. We went through it, I think, on Wednesday's show. It was three times that we won it. Yep. It was 11 times that we lost it. Yep. And three times we tied it. Yep. And somehow we're 11 and six. Not typically how it works out. No. no if sir. we can clean that up, that will be a big thing because the Texans, believe it or not, only had 14 giveaways on the season. That was the lowest in the National Football League, two of which came against us, by the way, two Case Keenum interceptions. We gave it away 37 times. Jeez. 30, we turned the ball over 23 more times than the Texans this year. Now, the Texans, they had 24 takeaways. We had 28 takeaways. Take care of the football. I think that is just that is the most important thing you can do because when you're the better team, turnovers, especially ill-timed turnovers, those get you. Number two, clean up the special teams. That was an issue the last time we were in this building. Gave up well, a kick. that was that was it all went to hell. Right. All of a sudden you had to get the stars back in, and it got Amari Cooper the record. But you gave up a kick return touchdown. You allowed an onside kick to be recovered. You can do neither of those things in this game. If it comes down to an onside kick situation, you must recover it. Do not allow Damian Pierce to get to the house, and that's something you're going to have to cover these kicks because Riley Patterson doesn't just put the ball through the end zone like Dustin Hopkins can. And so that's something to keep an eye on there. When they have the ball, you have got to pressure C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has the biggest, one of the biggest disparities in the league yep. in pro football focus grade, in quarterback rating, in completion percentage, in yards per attempt, all of it, under pressure versus a clean pocket. Mm -hmm. It is imperative that the Browns get pressure. Now, one thing that does give a nice advantage to the Browns, we talked about it kind of stylistically, teams that play a lot of man have had success against C.J. Stroud. Now, hopefully we'll have Denzel Ward. I feel like we probably won't know that definitively until tomorrow, but hopefully that is the way it's going. We've had reports that, you know, he is okay. Certainly, knock on wood, hope that's the case. C.J. Stroud led the NFL in QBR versus zone this season. He was 27th in the NFL against man. Mm -hmm. He has struggled against man. Part of it's because I imagine who he's throwing to. They don't have a lot of separators. No, and really, don't. it's kind of a, a one-man band there with Nico Collins and then the tight end Dalton Schultz. So I expect to see the Browns in man. I think stylistically, as we said, this one matches up pretty well to what the Browns do defensively. But I think getting that pressure is going to be so important if they hope to go out and stop C.J. Stroud or at least limit him. And the other part of it would be give extra attention to Nico Collins. 80 catches, 1,297 yards, 16.2 a catch, eight touchdowns, five 100-yard games. Seven of his eight touchdowns came at home this year. Yeah. He is a dynamic wide receiver. The Browns need to give him some attention. And then when we have the ball, you talked about taking care of the football, but we've got to be a little more effective running it. Last time, 54 yards on 1.8 yards per carry. We were just 6 of 16 on third down. It wasn't necessarily our best overall game. Now, we were 4 of 6 on fourth down. Remember, that is because we didn't have a kicker for the majority of that game. So right. we went on some fourth downs there. But it was a big Flacco game, big uh, Amari Cooper game. Chief got in the end zone as well. But we've got to run the ball a little bit better. I think we've got to have some balance. And I think that is, I think balance is always an important thing. Go back to your conversation, of your, the comments you made, your third point on the defense and, and with Stroud. That was... That was the hiccup with him at Ohio State. And, and any time you heard anybody say, well, what are you going to do with Stroud when he was at Ohio State? Said, Get him off his spot. And so if you're at his feet, he gets uncomfortable. It was one of the knocks on him in the draft process. Um, they've done a pretty damn good job protecting him for much of the year. Um, but, but as you're articulating, you're talking about him against man versus zone. Um, 
it is one of those things that what they do best, we have the antidote for. Yes. Um, we, we are a team that gets after the quarterback. We have the best pass rusher in football. We are elite at the corner position. Um, and and not, even, not only just the top three, but in the depth of that position. And he just they don't have the type of weapons outside of Collins that scare you. So that's a big part of it. And one thing we've harped on all week long, and it, it goes back to your comment about um, Nico Collins and, and being able to control him a little bit. We saw that, as you articulated earlier this week in the game against the Jets with Garrett Wilson and Ronnie Hickman, who has seen C.J. Stroud more than anyone, I promise you. Yep. Uh, they, they were at Ohio State together. He's probably had more snaps against C.J. Stroud than anybody on the planet. And, and the same would be true of C.J. The inverse would be true, where C.J. would know Ronnie pretty well as, as well. Um, but, but there's some tendency stuff that maybe can get picked up on a little bit there. And that plan against Garrett is a plan that ought to work uh, against Houston as well because it's it's similar type of stuff that you're working on. Now, to be fair, you're going up against a much more accomplished quarterback than you were with the Jets. But from a talent position, I would also say Garrett is more talented uh, than Nico, although I sure. like Nico a lot. Um, so that's that. That's why you ought to feel pretty good as a Browns fan in terms of that that offense-defense matchup. What we do well is is stop the things that the Texans do well. Yep. And to the, just to give some context to the numbers, kept clean, 69% completions, 9.2 yards in attempt, 20 touchdowns, under pressure, 52% completion, 6-yard in attempt, 3 touchdowns, rating clean, 111, rating pressure, 77. So you're talking about a 34-point drop Huge, yeah. in his quarterback rating. That is a very, very big one. Now, eliminating chunk plays will be important. He's been he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. 56% completions, almost 20 yards in attempt, eight touchdowns, no picks, only one turnover-worthy play, quarterback rating of 140.5 on passes of more than 20 yards in the air. We've got to eliminate those chunks in this one because, as I said, when you can get him under pressure, and that'll be stopping the run on early downs, get him into some third and longs, you got to be ready for the play-action game. They're very effective doing that. But his turnover-worthy plays from a clean pocket, he had six on the season, 1.6% of his dropbacks. Under pressure, 11 of them, 5.2% of his dropbacks. So if you get him under pressure, he will give you some opportunities potentially to take the football away. Doesn't do it very often, but that's going to be one of the keys in this game is getting that pressure, making him uncomfortable, and then when he does happen to give you an opportunity to ball, taking advantage of it. You were mentioning the uh, our, our struggles in the run game with them down there. How much of that is real? It was so easy to throw it. And then by the time it was, you know, no, it was real. One point eight yards a carry. No, no, for sure. But like running. the game was in well in well in hand for so much of it, and it came so easy in the pass. Yeah. Um. You know how much of it towards the end was let's just try and get out of here. We had so many injuries. You mentioned the injuries at, at kicker and punter, like you're going for it on fourth down all the time. It just it was a very strange game. Yeah, it, that's unacceptable. You've got to be able to run it more. Sure. But it was a that was a weird game down there. Yeah, even if we can just get to the point where we're running for 100 yards in the game and being around four yards a carry, I think we'll be just fine. Now, if you can yeah. pop one, that would be enormous. But I think you, things you're you're most concerned about are making sure you don't have those negative runs, that you're having positive gains on every play, and that you, and then that you take care of the football. And, you know, knock on wood, Kareem Hunt's done a great job taking care of the football. Jerome Ford has not had an issue since week one. That was his only fumble of the whole year, was week yeah. one at home against Cincinnati Bengals. So. That is something you want to focus on and definitely kind of in the ground game. If you hit a chunk, that's great, but just positive momentum. Don't put yourself behind the sticks because yeah. with Anderson and Grenard, the biggest question mark on our offensive line is without without question is our tackles. Sure. And so their ability to get to the quarterback and perhaps make a game-changing type play, that's what we have to prevent. 
Uh, your Friday forecast is presented by Carrier. Carrier, turn to the experts. It's in a dome, so it'll be great. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, and if you compare this for all of the football and the elements people, compare the game that you're going to get between us and Houston where you are not worried about the elements at all versus the game that will take place in Buffalo, the game that's going to take place in Kansas City where the elements are going to wreak havoc on the type of play that, are, that, that you're going to see in those games. So uh, I love the fact that this one's in a dome and, and you're going to get to see the very best of, of a very level, even playing field for both teams. I mean, there is stuff that I saw yesterday from coming out of Pittsburgh. This is from yesterday that sources are telling local hosts in Pittsburgh and Buffalo that the Steelers bills could be moved to Cleveland if lake effect weather in a state of emergency is declared in Western New York on Sunday. Brown Stadium officials have been told to quote unquote, be ready. Good Lord. Dome. Dome it, baby. And they, they greenlit a new stadium there. And it's not, not domed. a dome. Not domed. Don't they remember no. having to go to Detroit? Yeah, they've done this. Yeah. They've done it. Um, Ragged us into it. They did. They did. <laughs> they, did. they absolutely did. Hello, Gibby. Good to see you. Hi. Um, so, Gibby. Yeah, Gibby. Yeah, good to see you. Um, all right. So, last week, the over-unders did not count. The over-unders did not count. We agreed to that. Very, do we know if game. I would have won? You did win. You would have won uh, by one. I did. You would have won. You would have won by one. Oh, and and had they had they counted, had it counted last week, we would be staring down the barrel of an even playing field heading into the playoff game this but week. Of course. But we're not because we agreed uh, that that And that, I also had was, fun with it. I went pro Browns on literally every single thing that I could. Other oh. than Chase. Chase. Oh. Chase, you well, went targets. Targets. Because I thought we were going to be smoking them. Yeah. Um, and, and that was it. So Gibby went three and two, you went two and three, didn't count, throw it out. You're up one as we head into that's right. Super wild card weekend and a matchup in Houston against the Texans. All right, gentlemen, uh, that is the backdrop of it. And here we go. And we are going to start, uh, with our quarterback, Joe Flacco, who lit them up the last time and is a consistent participant in the over 300 yard club. He threw for 368. We are looking for passing yards for Joe Flacco in this game. Zagura, we will start with you. You are leading. Therefore, you will go first in this. And we are looking for 275.5 yards from Joe Flacco. He's been over 250 in every game. He's been over 300 in four straight games. This is mm-hmm. if there's one weakness to the Texans team. It is their pass defense. That's where they have struggled. Give me Joe Flacco. I'm wacko for Flacco. I think he keeps it rolling. I do think we'll run it a little more effectively, so I'm not looking for 365 yards, but I'm looking for 280. No problem. No problem. What is that over there? Secrets? Yeah, we're, I mean, just so people know. Can you imagine if I'm coming to Gibby's help? A piece of end? paper was sent, notes. I feel like that should be disclosed. <laughs> well, it's. I don't it's know. Behind it's the scenes, behind the, behind the right. scenes. Well, listen, word. this so is you, serious. This right, is so serious. You, go, you go over, which was safe. Um, now, the last time that, to be fair, and you've learned from your lesson, because the last time that you went under on a Flacco, it was over, it was by over a half. at half. Uh, it was over at half. So over. Well, that was a team that hadn't allowed a 300-yard passer in 33 straight games. And it's like, yeah, that. no problem. Do you think that there is a number, before we get Gibby's comment on this, do you think there is a number that is, is there, I guess this, are there multiple routes for us to win the game, or does Flacco have to be prolific? Multiple routes. I, I, I really think. If our defense turns in a, a performance that they are capable of, we could suffocate this offense. And that's yeah. no knock to see to show. They've got one receiver. They don't have a great offensive line. Yeah. And we can cover and we can rush the quarterback. I mean, we can, I think, suffocate this offense. Yeah. Right. Give a 275.5. Over. 
over as well. I, I'm not. It's not think. I, I wouldn't be doing. You got to do this, it right. I yeah. told him earlier. I said I'm going to play like, a, a little straight, but at the same point, like I, I, I got to try it, to be. I, gotta be I right. would. I would be doing a disservice to myself by going under. There, you would, be. given how you he's performed. That could have ended the whole thing. You went under right there. Could have been playing the parade. That's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, over under. Amari Cooper, Gibbe, over or under receiving yards versus Nico Collins. Amari had 265 in the previous game. Mm -hmm. Nico Collins, merely 18 in the previous game. I feel like it's Nico. I'm going to go Nico. You're going to go under. I I feel like Houston's going to do whatever they have to do to take Amari Cooper out. And that leaves a number of other players open to make big plays. Maybe a little Elijah Moore, a little Najoku. Four times in the history of the National Football League, this being the fourth, has a receiver who went for more than 260 yards in the regular season, 250 yards, I'm sorry, in the regular season, and then played that same team in the playoffs that year. 1989, John Taylor of the San Francisco 49ers, he had 286 against the Rams in their playoff meeting, 45. Tyreek Hill, 2020 against the Buccaneers, 269 yards in the Super Bowl loss for the Chiefs. He had 73. Jamar Chase, 2021 against the Chiefs in the regular season. He had 266 yards. I don't even remember that game. That's wild. Boy, I don't either. In the playoffs, he had 54. Actually, it was a late, it was late in the year, and them winning knocked us out of the postseason. Get, like ended our chances oh, on a Saturday, remember? And they like oh, convert yeah. like we a were fourth and to thirty. Yeah. yeah, we were busing to Pittsburgh. Yeah. The game ended as we arrived yeah, in yeah. Pittsburgh. And then the fourth, obviously, is Amari Cooper. So nobody who went for over two fifty has gone for more than seventy five in that next game. Therefore, I also happen to think he's going to stonewall me that the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Game plan should be focused entirely, entirely, on stopping Nico Collins. Yeah, and I believe they'll be able to do that. And thus, oh baby, I take Amari Cooper. The over. There's where it could be right there. Could all be depended right there. Next, except we play next week. Then, well, that's what I'm saying. But this yeah. is, these are all critical. Um, all right, we're looking for C.J. Stroud passing yards. And so we're going to Mr. Zagura on this one first, and the number we're looking for is an over-under 273.5. Under. Well under. An easy under for Same. Zagura. Same. Easy under as well. Same. That's right at his on-season number. It's 272-ish. It's yeah, not what he's done against that. defenses of our caliber. That's true. It's, it's been a big step back from that point, but there could be some you know, uh, down big chasing, spinning it around stuff that could happen. That would this be one wonderful. Well. So we would see. Um, all right, next over, under, hmm. sacks, interceptions, and fumbles. Gibe, this one is yours. The number we are looking for is three and a half. They don't, if I recall correctly, they don't turn the ball over a lot. No, he doesn't. but you can get, he gets sacked about two and a half times a game. Yeah, I'm going over. Same. The over. defense needs to have a feast. Same, same. The defense same. needs to feast. If the defense feasts, we win. We feast on a... Sunday, fun day. That'll be an epic day. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, the final one. Next, over, under. The actual is 44 and a half. 
Zagora, 44 and a half is the actual. Mm-hmm. I'll help you along. No, no, um, you you shouldn't. No. You should. You, you can. Should you can help out. me along. You should sit you this can out. You help me along. I'm, you should sit this out. What's what do you want to say, Gibby? Let's let let let, let the nope, voice of the voice. Right. No, 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 no. The voice of reason has told me to hold, and hold I back. appreciate. That. Hold back. Hold back, Gibby. I'm it's a go. big number. It is a big number. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh. It's moved. It was by the way, the last time it's moved. First playoff game for a rookie. I think this could it could be a little nervy early. I feel like sure. there's gonna be a lot of motion. Maybe take some time to settle in. I can't believe I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna go under. The under forty four and a half. Gibbe. You wanted to go. You under wanted two. to go under two. You wanted to go under two. Yeah, listen, oh, that's right. There's one. There's, there's one that's separate. There's one difference. I'm there's, going under. All right. all right. Very good. This is the, what's gonna happen. If somehow it comes down to that one, then this assures us we're playing next week, because this cannot end in a tie. Can't have it. I agree. So we're playing next week. That's what think. would happen if it if 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 it well it's not going to. Well, let's go to last let's week as a t- of our heads. Maybe go week eighteen as a tiebreaker. No. <laughs> should we should be tied already? You, you should have give it. You had two opportunities because the one you changed. Yeah, could be tied. You right you, now. you could be tied. It right could now. literally be all resting on Amari versus all. Collins, and I can't wait to be the first one to tell Amari Cooper that Gibbe don't believe in you. <laughs> I do. Could do that. Not true. I, I do. do. Not that true. Guy Him? Not, does not true. I thought his reasoning was fair. I thought his Listen, reasoning was sound. He may be the personal interviewer of Miles Garrett, but I I'm the am the personal interviewer of Amari Cooper. I like it. Did you get some of those sneakers he's making? He's I'd like to have those some. Those look pretty cool. I thought they looked very yeah, They kind of nice. look like old uh, Iversons. They look like a combination between old Iversons or Jordan 2s. Uh-huh. A little bit of like a Jordan 2 look to it. Uh, be part of one of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM presented by Ticketmaster, the official wait list of your Cleveland Browns. Being a Next Gen STM is the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash STM to reserve your spot today. Scores. Oh, but before that, exclusive oh. one-on-one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Coop yeah. coming up next. See? Speaking of the devil. The guy Coop that says, I believe in. The guy boy. that you don't. Jason Gibbs, Not Uno, can you believe it? We book Amari on the show, and the segment before he goes on, the producer oh my God. besmirches, besmirches him. him. We're gonna. He had good reasoning, but I I would also think that Amari's gonna go right off. Now. Yeah, it's a little weird. I had to Uno, Uno, Uno. Let me do the, Let me give you the reason. Amari Cooper. That's the reason. That's it. That's it. How do you go against I'm, him? I'm taking Amari Cooper over for what Look it's worth. I just wanted to say he, devil's advocate, his reasoning was understandable. Baby did Part of his hair Baby is steps. reaching for the stars. Is, That's not what Gibbe's doing. Gibbe's reaching for Nico Collins. Well, here's the deal. Alfalfa was a great character, and we all know that. I would like Nico Collins to do nothing. That is all. That is true. Z I'll six, take the L. Z one-on-one with Amari coming up next. Amari Cooper. That's right. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports My partner of your Cleveland Browns. I believe in them. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors, unless you 
you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. No sleep till the playoffs rolls on. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Don't forget, OBM, the preferred provider of copiers and document services for the Cleveland Browns, who can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Time now for the guy that I believe in and that Gibby does not. The man who holds the record for the most receiving yards in a single game in Cleveland Browns franchise history. The only receiver. In Cleveland Browns franchise history to have back-to-back seasons of 1,000 yards, he is Amari Cooper. And here's what he had to say, getting ready for the playoff game against the Texans. Very happy now to be joined by Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper. Amari, first of all, congratulations on a great season for you. Career high in yards, career high in yards per catch. You make a Pro Bowl again. When you kind of look back at the regular season, we'll talk about the second season in a second, but what kind of came together for you? What worked so well? Just being on the same page, you know, with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, that communication really helps a lot um, because, you know, as you know, you know, you can get as many practice reps as you want on a certain play, but you really only get one chance in the game, so you have to get it right. And I would say that that communication, that preparation has been um, the thing, the single most important thing that has stuck out for me. Did it mean something to you to be recognized by the fans, your peers, and the coaches in this league for the season that you had, given all the quarterbacks you played with and to perform at the level you did? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, there's not a player who doesn't play for respect. Um, so respect is very important. That's not all we play for, but uh, it's a very important thing. You want to be respected as a good player in this league because, you know, why else, why else would you be playing, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it feels good, you know, to be notarized, to be um to be noticed by the players. What does it mean to be back in the playoffs for you? You're one of the guys on this team who's got some playoff experience. What's it mean to be back? It means a lot. I mean, it, it feels good. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's a terrible feeling to, you know, not make the playoffs. And then, you know, the next week you have to watch teams play on TV because, I mean, that's really what you play for. You play for that second season um, because that's when everybody is watching. That's what makes great players Hall of Fame players. That's what make good players great players. That's what that's what makes okay players good players. Like this postseason, everybody is watching. You know, you know, during the season, um, every team has their fan base that's watching their game. But you know, in the postseason, hey, a lot of fan bases, you know, they don't have games to watch, so they 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 watch the games that's on TV. Um, and that's where you could really make a name for yourself. That's when a team could really make a name for itself. So yeah, it feels good. You certainly have made a name for yourself. Five Pro Bowls, 7,000-yard seasons. You've etched your name into the history books with this franchise. First receiver ever to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And then we know what you did in Houston. We'll talk about that in a second. But you you have an opportunity. You cemented a legacy here when you were traded here. I'm sure 
You wanted to come here and be your best version of yourself in two years. You certainly have made quite an impression on this franchise. What are kind of your goals, obviously, here in the playoff? Not individually. I know it's to win the games. But kind of how do you approach this, as you said, knowing that this is a chance to even further amplify all the great things you've accomplished in this league and certainly in this city? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a player, a lot is expected of you if you're a starter. That's, you know, first things first. First thing is first. Uh, I think – if you talk to most starters in this league, guys who have started for a long time, they'll tell you that they feel like they've accomplished a lot, but there are still things on that bucket list that they, they that they would love to check off. You know, obviously one of them is the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that's first things first. I, you know, I've never even been to a Super Bowl, let alone have won one. So um, that's the primary goal. When you played in Houston last, you set the record 265 yards in a single game. I'm sure you thought about it. That was probably a pretty special game. There was one route in particular that was my favorite in the game, and it was a third and one. And you kind of came off the line like, yeah, I'm going to block you a little bit, lulled him to sleep, and then broke inside on that slant. I called it on the broadcast. I said this that was art. It was art that you painted right there. Those little things, you know, that you've now put those on tape against them, how do you kind of keep evolving? And, and was that did you enjoy the way that that play ultimately played out yeah um you know the old saying there's more than one way to skin a cat um in this playoff in this heightened atmosphere you can't just um you know scout the other team you have to self-scout um you have to have more than one way of winning um you know against these guys uh so you know that's what i that's what i'm going to try to do when the, when the game arrives because I know obviously those guys are watching you know everything that I every probably every route that I've ran and looking at my releases and stuff like that but you know I've been playing this position for a long time like like I said before I know how to run every route uh, uh, several ways um, but as far as the the route that you're talking about yeah it was um it's kind of how the route is called though so it wasn't just all creativity it's um you know, kind of a lull them to sleep uh, slant um, and, you know, I just went out there and I did my job. You most certainly did. When you play a team this closely, because, you know, you played them a couple games ago, you often play a team in your division twice. You get to know those guys very well. When you played a team, though, this recently, how does that change the preparation or the the impact of maybe, all right, I showed them this, so I'm going to make it look like this, but do something else, you know, try to keep it the variable there so you can get them guessing maybe wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's another saying, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, yeah, you don't want to really get into um, all that overthinking because, you know, even though it's the playoffs and, you know, teams are more intentional about their schemes, teams and players – have this in common and you know at the end of the day the eye in the sky doesn't lie you are who you are I mean you can try to change up a few things but you know at the end of the day that's you are what you put on tape and if a team has you know 17 games worth of tape out there and they aren't changing that much um they're not going to change that much um come game time you know obviously they're going to throw a couple caveats which we prepare for you know what I mean um but they're not going to go out there and run man to man every play because that's just not what they do um, so, so yeah, I mean, if we're talking about just myself on an individual level, same thing. Like, I'm not trying to change up, you know, what I do at the end of the day. This it's guy, yeah. yeah, this guy, these guys have to stop me. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I study them how they, st- just like how they study me. So it's really, a, it's at the end of the day, it's even playing field. Right, you talked about communication earlier, and clearly there's a lot of trust between you and Joe Flacco. That's obviously been a relationship that's been very prosperous for the both of you. What's kind of made it so special? And, and are you surprised even that it was able to happen so quickly between the two of you? I'm not surprised. Um, you know, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, sometimes with, you know, um, other quarterbacks, it can be harder um, for that chemistry to work. 
man, you just have to be a great communicator. You you have to be you have to have an eye for the game. I would say because at the end of the day, you got to think the quarterback probably played quarterback his whole life, just like I played receiver my whole life. So it's hard it's hard for somebody who's been playing one position his whole life to see things through the lens of another position. So you got to be the commu- communication is the key, but what people kind of forget um, when it comes to communication is the listening part. People always think of communication through the lens of just talking. But, you know, when you're communicating with somebody, listening is just as important. So I try to listen, uh, see what is wanted from me, from the quarterback. And, you know, I try to I try to do those things. And when I and when I talk, you know, I'm hopeful that he listens and, you know, we can go from there. Can you give me like an example? So it's be let's say you're running a particular route. Well, kind of tell me, talk me through that communication between you and and Joe on making sure that you're on the same page and seeing through the same eyes on a particular route. Yeah, I can give you an example. Like we have a we have a play. It's like a um, it's like a it's like a skinny post, okay. like a skinny post. Um, it says time and route, one hundred percent. But sometimes, you know, you know, like I've said previously, these cornerbacks they get paid just like we do as receivers. You know, every player is getting paid. Um, and so some of these guys are good, you know, they're smart, you know, they're tactical. Um, they try to take away things. And um, on that skinny post, you just want to break across the cornerback's face and then the ball is supposed to be right there. But sometimes these guys will take away the inside. And, you know, I can still get open, but I'll have to give a little something extra. And, um, you know, one time we had a we had that play called and I tried to give a little extra without really communicating it with Joe. Um, and it really didn't work out. But then I went. I went after and I told him, hey, th- this is why I did that, because he was doing this. Sorry I didn't communicate it with you. And, um, you know, um, you know, we, we – How would you be able to communicate that, like, in the middle of a route? No, not in the middle. Okay. Not in or the, if, if he does this, I'm doing that. Yeah, so 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 we had ran a route earlier in the game, but he – like, the, he didn't, I didn't get the target. Um, the way I would have been able to communicate that – um, be, before the play is because I knew it was in the game plan. Like, I knew, like, you know every play that's in the game plan. You know, it's probably like 70 plays per game, 60, 70 plays per game. But you know every single play that's sure. in the plan. And I had noticed that those cornerbacks do that before the game. And I had already felt I should have communicated that with Joe. But I was like, you know, maybe maybe it's not necessary to, communi- to communicate that. Maybe he'll just, you know, maybe he'll just see me do the move and then he'll adjust – but it didn't work out that way. That's the game within the game right there, and that's the fascinating part of it. All right, you're going back to Houston. Two last questions. One, I remember we talked after the throw against Chicago, which you said was one of the best throws you've ever been on the receiving end of. Which one was crazier, that throw against Chicago or the one on fourth down in Houston where he's falling down and somehow got the ball to you on the sideline? Were you even shocked when that ball started coming your way? I So I wasn't shocked, but only because I had saw him do it um, in one of the previous – one uh, some. A game he started in before that, he had done something similar, um, showing his showing his arm strength. Like he was getting he was getting tackled, and he still was able to let the ball off. And most quarterbacks aren't that aren't that strong, and they can't do it. They'll just take the sack, and it's kind of risky. Like if you think about it, because you don't know if you're going to be able to get the ball that far unless you really trust your arm strength. So you know, and if you don't, that's a pick six. If you don't, it's a pick six. So I, I, when I was running, I was like. It just instantly, something just instantly clicked in my head and said, he's going to throw this. I just knew he was going to throw it. I mean, obviously, it was fourth down, too. So I just stayed alive. Um, It was impressive. But I don't think it was more impressive than the Bears Bears throw. Um, It's hard to explain. But, you know, one is arm strength. 
but the other one is just like instinct, it's confidence, it's so much more involved. Yeah, precision. So yeah, I, I think the Bears throw was better. You know that this locker room is special. You know that this city, I'm sure you felt it Thursday night, even though you were on the sidelines in that game against the Jets, this city is on fire, it's special. What does it kind of mean to go out there with these guys and represent this city in the postseason with a chance to do something you know, historic? You've done already some historic things with the Browns. You bring a Super Bowl this down, oh baby, that is gonna be historic as well. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, you know, when you have a locker room full of guys who are together, um, a locker room full of guys who really want to win, a locker room full of guys who, you know, they, they put the work in. Um, and so when you put the work in, you always feel like you deserve to get um, um, the results. Uh, so it feels good to go out there and, you know, play with these guys. As far as for the city, um, you know, I've you know I've been around the city a little bit now, being that this is my second year, you know, Cleveland fans are phenomenal. The people here are great. Um, you know, obviously, all the fans want is one thing. They want a Super Bowl. But um, I think I think all the teams with diehard fans like our fan base deserve a Super Bowl. And uh, we need to go get that thing. Amari, thanks so much for the time. Can't wait to see you out there on Saturday. And best of luck. Thank you. That was Amari. I got to tell you, to be honest, my belief is even higher now than it was earlier when Gibbe's belief was so low, mine so high, it feels even higher now. Amari Cooper, let's have a game down there. Coming up next. Oh, baby, you better pay attention to the scores. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. No sleep till the playoffs rolls on. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. And if your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hamm is going to have that answer for you, delivering a winning strategy for breaking down the game of real estate. The market leaders in Northeast Ohio, more buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna to be their winning home team. Visit howardhanna.com slash Browns today for more. And now time for a little segment we like to call Pay Attention to the Scores. By the way, even if, so you got six games this weekend. Yep. Four the next weekend. Yep. Then two, then one. Thirteen NFL games are left. Yep. Even if we lost all of them. Yep. We would both be more than fifty-five games over five hundred. In the time that we've been doing it, this is the new benchmark. This is the new. We yeah. had one like year one or two. Year one, was way high. But I think but we've always like, always been I big winners, with, but not like this. Not like this. This is all you. This is, so last week, standard. last week couple of nine and sevens started off hot by the way red hot we were both won six of our first seven games you went nine and seven in a week that we didn't know what seven or eight of those games even were going to resemble to be fair the majority of our wins Mm -hmm. came in in real games well that means you have more credibility that's true (laughs) because there were some that we had no clue you had no idea who was going to try or who wasn't or Right, like Philly, for example, like you had no no idea what their motivation would be, how they would play, and they push the chips in as soon as it started going bad. And by the way, once the Jags had lost, and then that put Buffalo automatically in, yeah, I would have gone. I would that one. I would have switched. I'm not taking credit for it, but I would have yeah. switched. Those. That was when I was still trying to will a scenario where, yeah, right, Buffalo, yeah, yeah, we were trying to will scenarios that allowed us to get a home yes. playoff game as yeah. easy as possible. Did not happen. No, the Jags. Great ruined. job out of us. They ruined it. Great job out of us. Not surprising. Can't say no. I'm surprised. With that being said. So, by the way, both 9-7, you're now 70. 70 games over 500. Geez. I'm 68. There's nobody, in anyone in the, there's nobody in this business that's doing better than that. 
Period. And work every game. Every game. That's crazy. Every game. Every game on every level. Every level. Welcome to Wild Card Weekend, gentlemen. Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games. We kick things off Saturday night. Miami, Kansas City. Dangerously ch- wind, dangerous wind chills, weather yeah, awful. Gross. Yeah. Welcome, South Beach fans, to Kansas City, America's heartland. Oh, baby. Uh, Zagura. If there's one thing that somebody who comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree, like Mike McDaniel does, that they know how to do ultimately is they know how to get a creative run game going. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be a game where you're going to need the run game. And just because of the fact that you have Tyreek Hill out there, and I'm, I'm guessing Waddle will be available. My guess is they've been building towards this moment to get those guys back. You, you won't be able to just overload the box because one-on-one Tyreek Hill or Waddle, they can run right by you. So I think Miami is going to do enough of this, and I'm just not impressed with Kansas City. Am I willing to stake that Miami's going to win? I don't have to. So I won't say that, per se, even though I think it's possible. But what I will say is that regardless, irregardless, they will be close. Yeah. So I'm going to say this one for fun. We'll call it Chiefs 21, Dolphins 20. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I think it's an ugly, ugly game, too. I don't even know if it gets that high. I don't know what the what the, the total is on this, but I, I think it's I think it's got a chance to be like 16-13. I, th- I think it's back to 40. I think it's the same as ours. Is it up now? I, I, to Let's me, see. it's got a chance to be really – I think this has a chance to be really ugly and 44. muddied up. I think it'll be under that. I think Kansas City, these two teams on paper, they look like teams that are going to go up and down. But in these conditions and the way Kansas City's been, I just, been I just don't Chiefs, see yeah. it. So um, I'm with you. I think Kansas City can win a very close game, but I would not be surprised if Miami won either. Um, I'll go Kansas City 17-16. So same. To Sunday we go. Triple header Sunday starting at 1 o'clock on CBS. Nance Romo. Bills Mafia hosting the Squealers, Bishop. Last couple of times the Steelers, uh, the Steelers have snuck into the playoffs. They've been absolutely boat raced Slumped. once they get there. No T.J. Watt. We had that crazy stat that we talked about yesterday and, and one that we had talked about last year. When he's there, when he's not, the, it's like a touchdown difference. Um, and so that's incredible. I think it's poised for the Bills to go huge in this one. And honestly, it can be an ugly huge. They can win 20 to 3. Yes. And you're still fine. So give me yes. the Bills winning this one 20 to 6. Absolutely. Bills ram it. Same. And by the way, yesterday when we brought that up, that was in our one thing look ahead, which was a brilliantly orchestrated Fantastic. segment. Yeah, very so. good job there. Yeah. Next, the middle game of the day, 4 30 on Fox. It is the Fox A team. Just ignore it. Cowboys <laughs> hosting the Green Bay Packers. It's called Keeping It Moving. Zagura. You were adamant. I am yesterday not. I that think, it was boys. I think Love and the Packers big. are going to. Let you down. I like, and the, they're even playing McCarthy. And you know, I don't like McCarthy either. I like the coaching acumen advantage in Green Bay. I think Green Bay is a little better. I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on Dallas. I think Dallas wins the game, but I think it's a little closer than the experts think. Dallas thirty-one twenty-seven. Same. When was the last time same, the Packers same. won a playoff game? Do you know the answer? I don't. You but asked 13, it like you did. I know, but like Aaron they Rogers. had a couple. No, no, they had a couple of years at thirteen and three. Remember, the 49ers yeah, went into right. Green Bay and punked them. They did, but but Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. He's better. He won the game to get into the playoffs. Rodgers did not. Okay. Sad. 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 All Sad. right. Sad. Sad. All right. While well, he looks that up, all right. Hold on. Here you go. Last time that they won in the playoffs would have been two thousand twenty. They lost in the conference championship in twenty and nineteen. 
for 2020. So in the past couple of years when they've had 13 wins, they have not had lots of success. Just one year when they went 13-4 and four and they lost in the divisional round. Then last year, two years ago they went 8-9, and nine, didn't make it, and this year 9-8 and eight, they made it. Yep. All right. Sunday night uh, foosball. Rams, Leones, Los Angeles coming east but to a dome. Detroit City hosting uh, Bishop. I just I, I think this could get nervy for Detroit, um, especially if they, they, they give up a couple of t- – if they get down a couple of scores. But I don't think they will. I think they're the better team. I think they're the more physical team. I like Detroit taking care of business, winning one at home. It's been a long time coming. Uh, they exercise some demons there, and they get the win. I like them winning 30-24. to 24. DLD is going to be popping off on Monday, baby. They are, yep. Leones. It's a holiday. Maybe they will. Maybe Leones. they won't. No, Leones. no, that, you're right. On Tuesday. There you go. You got it a Tuesday. That's right. Lions, 400. Rams, zero. <laughs> Goff, going nuts. I hope so. To the Monday Nighter. Eagles have lost five of six games. They've lost to the Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, and New York football Giants. Their one win came against the Giants. Can they right the ship for the playoffs? Eagles at Tampa Bay and the Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers. Zagora. Philly feels broken to me. They really do, but. Are they that broken? I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure that they are quite that broken. I think the no. Eagles get it together. It's going to be a close game, and and there could be the potential for a little knock at the back door. Say if they're you know up eight or up nine, something like that. But I think the Eagles do enough, and they win this one, twenty-one fourteen. Yeah, I just think it's. Bake's a little hurt, too, and they were dreadful last week in a last game they weeks, had to head. They've been, been bad. Um, and I know Philly's got issues, but I just think champion's prerogative for one week at least. Ooh, yeah. Give me the Eagles winning by at least a, a couple. I, winning by six. I could see it being 17-9, something like that. I like Philly. All right. I like it. So we picked all – we would end up all the same. Yeah. How about that? That's usually Hopefully good. it's good. It historically says it is. This It would. It would seem that yeah. that would be very, very good. Um, all right, your update for Saturday on the Cleveland Browns Radio Network, 12.30, Cleveland Browns game day with Ken and Gerard, and then at 2.30, the kickoff show, Andy and Tyvis, and then at 4.30, it is the Browns, it is the Texans at NRG Stadium in Houston. It is Jim, the voice, Z, and Gerard on the call. Browns and Texans, buddy. Let's go. I feel like we've been, we've been waiting around for this for a long time. Throw in last week's Bengals game. Agreed. It's like two weeks. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get this going and see whatever's going to happen. handling this, man. Come on. Yes. All of the things they do well, we have antidote for. Antidote for, I I like it. I I think this is going to be a fun one down in in Houston. 23-14, Browns. 77-0. Great. 77. Uno likes it. I'll take it. I'll take that all day long. Just a coronation. Let's go. Let's go. Step one. And then on to Baltimore. Step one. It will end up being Baltimore, provided that happens. Yeah. Well, I think that's hard we, to, we both think that. It's well, Miami. The yeah, could Miami's be the got Chiefs. a puncher's chance. Yeah. Uh, they got a puncher's chance in that thing. Hey, kids, enjoy your playoff game on Saturday. We'll be back to break it all down next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN eight fifty WKNR.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.